Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Friday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty from the Southern Bank Corps Studio. Thanks for tuning in. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, which would be a great place to go this weekend and have a wonderful meal with your family and also a great place to cater your next upcoming event. Full show today. We're going to have Carly Malden from USM Baseball later. Dima Mixon from the Student Prince. Kelly Sander uh, in the bottom of the hour. But right now, I want to go down to New Orleans. My good buddy, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com, who's our go-to guy for NFL football and, of course, the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, Patrick, let's start with the Saints. Uh, No OC hired yet uh, in the uh, wake of the dismissal of uh, Pete Carmichael. But, uh, where do we stand in the Saints getting a new offensive uh, coordinator? Well, I, I you know it's, this this is fairly TBD. Uh, you see a lot of moving play, uh, moving pieces with as teams hire coaches, they're going to look to hire their own coordinators and stuff like that. So, and and there's also guys still coaching right now, so it could get it could drag on past the Super Bowl potentially. Uh, the Saints hiring an offensive coordinator, but right now I think you're looking at around six guys. Uh, who were interviewed or supposed to interview. you got Zach Robinson, the Rams quarterback's coach, Brian Greasy, uh, quarterback's coach for the 49ers, obviously still playing. Uh, uh, Clint Kubiak, the 49ers passing game coordinator. Uh, Ronald Curry, who's on the staff, the Saints quarterback's coach. Mike Sullivan, Steelers quarterback's coach, although I don't think he's that serious of a candidate. And today it was uh, we're reporting that Brian Johnson, the former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator, is going to get an interview, but uh, he's not a guy that's trending up because that Eagles offense really did kind of collapse late in the season. Mm-hmm. What are the, what are the Saints looking for? And when I mean that, when I say that, I mean what what is, do you think is the philosophy that that they want to have offensively? Uh, well, I mean, if you look at the at the the candidates they're they're talking to, they're kind of from that McVay tree. Uh, guys that worked out that you know worked with Sean McVay in L A. or worked with some guys that have worked with McVay, say, in Cincinnati. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it seems to be kind of following that, that, that mold. And I think what they want is really an offense that's better balanced. Uh, they didn't run the ball well enough, uh, just didn't have consistency across the board on offense, even though Carr played well at good chunks of the season. So it's, you know, I don't know. They just need somebody who's on the way up, I think you know, to come in and really take charge and just put a jolt of energy into an offense that's a little bit on the old side and the defense is even older. So 
I think some some young insight would be good for the team. What do you think uh, the Saints organization looks back now that the year of Derek Carr? What, how would how would you grade that out, Patrick? Well, I mean, statistically, it's pretty solid. You know, it's about what you would have expected. Uh, you know, didn't throw a ton of interceptions, but it, it, you just go through that. You know, I always go back to that Packers game where he got took a really hard hit, left the game. They lose that game. We're in good shape to win, and, and really going back, that game really was what kept them out of the playoffs. Uh, but after that, Carr went through a period of inconsistency, missing some throws, and it's pretty obvious. And he took even more, you know, even some harder hits over the course of a few weeks. So through the, you know, through week three to week ten or so, he was really banged up, and I think that's what we saw. Uh, so that's that's got to be a major focus for them, getting that offensive line right and protecting him better because. Whenever Carr gets protection, he succeeds, and when he's going to be taking hits like that, he's just he's just not going to be what you need there at quarterback. Yeah, your quarterback can't make many passes from his back, and he took some vicious right. licks. So you look to see some changes offensively on the on the line. Yeah, I th- I think we won't see a major overhaul in terms of per- personnel on this team. I think there is potential for some trades, uh, whether it's a Marshawn Lattimore. I think he's somebody that's kind of pointing to right now as a potential guy they would trade. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're going to see them uh, potentially make some changes up there. But I think you know there, there's also a shot that they commit to Andrews Pete at left tackle who took over after Trevor Penning struggled early in the season. I think there's a good shot they move Penning into guard. He's turned out to be a bust at left tackle. So they've they've got to probably make a couple of additions on the offensive line and just get guys in the, in, the, in the right position on the line. And then Penny, the one that came into camp, you know, wanting to fight people and just. <laughs> Yeah, making a big show of himself. Yeah, he he kind of came in the uh, just really angry and and got in fights with guys and it seemed to calm down in year two. But he almost seemed worse whenever he was less angry. So yeah, I don't. He he's just obviously not a left tackle. Even they just tried to make something work that to a lot of people just didn't make much sense. I guess if you're looking for a fight and you want some guys that'll fight you going to an NFL team and starting a bunch of fights, it's probably a good place, right, Patrick? Yeah, I'm sure he got put in his place at some point. <laughs> Pretty quickly would be uh would yeah. be my guess. All right, so we're down to four. We're down to four, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, and this is pretty much what you predicted last week was gonna happen. Let's start with the with the first game on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I guess everybody outside of the state of Missouri will be praying that the Baltimore Ravens bring an end to the, uh, you know, the yeah. Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift saga. Thing. Yeah. Uh, on paper, you would think that the Ravens uh, would handle handle uh, the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have a way of winning games. Uh, you, your thoughts is we're just a couple of days away now from that. How, how do you see that one working out? Well, I mean, just the the fact that the Chiefs are at this point. I mean, they had some much like the Philadelphia Eagles. They had kind of a late lull in the season, but they were able to overcome that. Well, the Eagles kind of fell apart. It really just speaks to the quality of Patrick Mahomes and, and that that roster as a whole. That defense is really good. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm still waiting for the uh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, to really break through in that big game and and, and just put him over the hump. It hasn't happened yet, but I think this is the year. You know, I see a really good game. I, I think this is probably the best two teams you could pound field in the AFC at this point in the season. But I, I think this is the year the Ravens get it done. I mean, I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and all that. But I, I think I think Lamar Jackson finally gets that done. I think Todd Munkin has done a great job with that offense. And really, Munkin should be up there for a lot of these head coaching jobs. 
I don't know if it's going to happen partially because just the Ravens are still going and he's focused on that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think the Ravens finally get it done. If that happens, Todd Munkin would have a three-year span with two national championship rings and a Super Bowl ring. I don't think that's ever been done before. No, and if if I'm a Saints fan, I'm hoping that Munkin doesn't get hired as a head coach this season because I, I would think he would be a very strong candidate uh, a year from now for a head coaching job. He just has the pedigree to do it. So, yeah, Munkin has done a fantastic job what a, and just really incredible run as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, what a What a match that would be. Todd Munkin yeah. in New Orleans. Man, I, I I can see how that would generate excitement. All right, so you, you like uh, the Ravens, and I think I do too. You know, they're big and tough and nasty, and yeah. it should really be a really be a showdown. And then I think the game that kind of has everybody holding their heart, so to speak, is going to be the, the second game. When the Detroit Lions try to knock off San Francisco – and it's hard to get these words out across your lips. The Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Do they have a chance, Patrick? What do you think? Sure, yeah. I, I think they're, you know momentum has kind of been building for this team, and I think they've played pretty well of late. So I, I think things are kind of trending in the right direction. So I, I think the Lions do have a shot. Uh, but on the road against a really, really, really good 49ers team, that's, that, that's a tough task. I think maybe they're a year away, from, you know, a year or two away maybe from that Super Bowl. Uh, but the Lions do have a shot, but I, I mean, I have to go with the 49ers. Yeah. I, I like Brock Purdy a lot, even though he hasn't been perfect late in the season. He did get him over the hump last week. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the 49ers and everything they have to offer, I think they are the most talented team in the NFL. Uh, so my, my pick is the 49ers. And is there a player more fun to watch than Christian McCaffrey? My gosh, what a great football player. Yeah, and he's somebody that kind of worried about, you know, durability-wise early in his career. Uh, but it seems like he's kind of gotten past that a little bit. He's still just every bit as good an athlete as he was entering the league. He and Alan Kamara, I think, are similar guys. But McCaffrey is really exceptional. I mean, whenever you have that guy in the backfield and the and the quality receiver and that defense is really, really tough. So uh, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm believing in Purdy. I, I think they get into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm looking at 49ers Ravens myself. But you know, win or lose, what a what a dream what a dream season for the Detroit Lions, man. Nothing nothing but upside even if they were to lose Sunday night. Yeah, I I think uh, a lot of people here in New Orleans see the emotion there in Detroit and they kind of relate to it to what they had back in 09 and uh, 06 and the run to the NFC title game, uh, Super Bowl in 09. So, and there's a lot of former Saints staffers on that uh, including Campbell the head coach. Uh, and get guys on that roster, you know, Gardner Johnson, uh, former Saints. So there's a little bit of Saints flavor to the to the Lions in, uh, this season, really the last two or three seasons. So Saints fans will be watching closely to see if they can get over a hump and really be kind of envious that, yeah. that Campbell isn't the guy kind of calling the shots in New Orleans. All right, Patrick, we'll see you next week if you and I are right. We appreciate your time. Look forward to having you back on the show next week. All right, thanks, Bob. Patrick McGee, everybody, NOLA.com, our go-to guy for NFL football. Dima Mixon works for the Student Prince, does a great job as a student journalist covering Southern Miss sports. He was at Media Day yesterday for baseball. We're going to get the vibe that uh, he picked up on yesterday when we come back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Say hello to our friends at Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Miss Kathleen is the best, and she has the best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. They're located on Hardy Street. They're open seven days a week, believe it or not. You can also shop them online at campusbookmark.net. Southern Miss women's basketball drops a 77-70 to 70, uh, game to the Troy Trojans last night down in Troy, Alabama. Historical night in a couple of respects. Joy Lee McNellis coached her 600th game as a Lady Eagle, and Malia Grayson from Hattiesburg uh, entered the 1,000-point club. She and Dominique Davis now both active on the roster. First time ever that you've had 2,000-point scorers on the same roster. Lady Eagles, uh, again, lose 77-70. to 70. And they're on the road. They'll play at South Alabama tomorrow. They're now 9-9 nine and nine in the play. All right, Dima Mixon uh, works for the Student Prince. We've had him on the show quite a number of times. Glad to have him back today. And uh, he was at the Baseball Media Day yesterday, which we explained to you the yesterday, the reason that we could not go. But, hey, Dima was there, and he's gracious enough to uh, come on the show today and talk a little about it. So, Dima, let me ask you this first of all. If there was one vibe you picked up on yesterday from Coach Oz and the players, what would that be? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it was obviously pretty weird, right? I mean, it was kind of like almost eerie that we weren't talking to Scott Barry. And I know that it's been about seven months since, you know, it's been all strangers program. But, you know, I've done this is my fourth or third, third or fourth baseball media day. Um, and it was just kind of weird it wasn't with Scott Barry, but I would say the vibe is um, very much uh, pressed forward, and this is going to be Ostrander's program moving forward. And um, just one of the quotes that he said that I just loved, um, I, I think I asked Coach Oz um, something along the lines of, you know, you've, been, you've had this program now for seven months. How have you coached it differently than, than Barry would have? And he said, um, there's only one Scott Barry, but I like to think there's also only one of me as well. And he said, that's not arrogance. That's not an ego. That's just, you know, confidence in his skills. And I think a lot of the players have kind of uh, come around that a little bit. And I was talking to uh, Slade Wilkes, who's one of the captains, and uh, he was talking just about how there hasn't been that much change um, other than, you know, he said that <laughs> Australia is a little more fiery than Barry is, um, and he, you know, Barry's more of a laid-back coach. But I would say confident and um, just here we go, and they're ready to get out there and play in three weeks. Did he talk in any specifics as to what he thinks will be the strengths of the team? It, it really sounds like pitching is really going to be a strength of the team. I mean, obviously, this is a bullpen that is bringing a lot, a lot of experience back, and a lot of experience that they didn't have last season. Um, a part of a lot of that early season woes last season was the pitching staff. Um, believe it, I mean, the hitting was really staying with tune in, in a lot of those games, keeping them in the games. And then at the end of the season, it kind of flipped. But, um, you know, you got, you know, obviously Nico Mazza, Billy Oldham, uh, a lot of the a lot of the key pieces to the to the team last season back in the bullpen. Then you have a ton of um, players behind them who, um, you know, are just as good. I mean, you have a, a fully healthy um, uh, golly, just, I'm losing his name. He had uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going blank on his name, but <laughs> uh, but you know you have a ton of players who will come uh, behind the the two the two or three main guys that you have um, 
they, they mentioned J.B. Middleton, and it mentioned Chase Adams, all these players that are behind them. So I think the, the depth in the pitching staff is something that Ostrander is really excited about. Who would you think are going to be the weekend starters? And I know I know he didn't say that yesterday, but just your observation, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious you got two for sure with Oldham and Mazza. And as far as the third, um, you know, I, I think it, I think I think it could be cross Sibley. He sounded like he was going to give him a chance. Really? Um, and I, I really don't know about that third one. That, that's something that I'm fixing to sit down. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a bunch of stories for um, our preview magazine, so I'm, I'm fixing to sit down and think through that. But um, uh, Chandler Best is another one. That's the one I was talking about uh, who, who had Correct. the Tommy John surgery. They they sound like Ostrander said he thinks it's his turn to come up and play. Um, so I think he even has a chance at being uh, a big piece in the on the pitching staff. Uh, as far as the third starter, I really don't know. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it hurts them that they lost Matthew Adams at least for the start of the season. Yeah, and uh, Justin Storm would be nice to have to close things down. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> but so let me ask you this: two two regional championships in a row, two yes. super regional hosts in a row, won the Sun Belt tournament last year. Program finishes in the top ten of every major poll. Did they address the fact that they're not in any of the polls right now? Because when we had players out here uh, a couple of weeks ago, their their response to me was, "I could care less about the polls." Uh, did was yeah. there any comment made about that? Yeah, there, there there wasn't really any talk about the polls, and you know, I, I'm kind of one of those guys who just doesn't like preseason polls. I think they're just stupid. But um, but we did they did we did talk about. Uh, there was a question asked about to Ostrander about, you know, is this team a team that can break through to the College World Series? And he said that he doesn't think about the end. He thinks about the next day and so forth with our guys. And he even said they need to worry about being the 2024 team, not the 2023, not the 2022, not even the 2021, who had a pretty good run there at the end of the Oxford Regional. Um, they're the 2024 team. This is a team with a bunch of new faces. You have some of the elements from the past two seasons on the team, but really this is a new face team to a lot of, I mean, I would say more than half of the defensive starters, you know, Southern Miss fans are going to be growing accustomed to because you're so used to Danny Lynch and Dustin Nickerson on the left side. You're so used to Christopher Sargent at first base. You're so Mm -hmm. used to either Blake Johnson or Rodrigo Montenegro, one of the Montenegro brothers, you know, all of these pieces now on the defensive side and on the in the lineup are all new. Um, so I think that they're more focused on the next three weeks. They're going to be scrimmaging. The scrimmages are supposed to be one today, but they canceled it. Um, but their scrimmages tomorrow, Sunday, and then for the next three weeks, kind of getting some of the position battles all settled out. I mean, virtually the entire infield will be new faces. Yes. Yep. First, first yep, second, short, thing, yep. and third base will all be new. So here's here's sort of what I think, Demon. I'd be interested to get your thoughts about this. I think early on, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think early on the team might might struggle a little bit until some chemistry can be built, until these new faces get a little more accustomed to one another. I'm sure the fans will get restless pretty quick, but uh, <laughs> I would I would not be surprised if if the first couple of three weeks maybe were you know so so and what we're used to, and then the team gels and really takes off. Does that seem uh, out of out of bounds to you? No, definitely not. I mean, I think that's that's a, probably a good way of looking at it. And I think it is helpful this season that they do have, um, you know, respect to their opponents, obviously. But I think the first few weekends they got um, some 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 teams that 
definitely you could start working some things out and still potentially win the win the baseball games, you know. And so, you know, you're not having a Dallas Baptist or something like that, like the home series like they had last year, or Liberty to start the season, you know, that mm-hmm. are pretty tough pretty tough series regardless of who the opponent is so um but yeah um i think you're right i think and i think you know it's baseball you know you're always going to have you know it seems like every single year they have some of those two weeks or three weeks where um you know it's like you said the fans are kind of restless and they're like you know we're okay we're okay we're just figuring things out and then boom 15 game win streak boom 16 game win streak whatever it is you know and then and then they're talking about oh well you know we should be hosting super regionals so (laughs) right um So I think you're, you're, you're spot on with that, and, and I would expect that to be the case this year because it is going to take a lot um, when, you're, when you're right where you're talking about the entire infield being changed and then the catcher. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. There's a lot of positions that might not even be, uh, you know, if you remember from last season, I mean, you had, I mean, Nick Monastere wasn't really even a thing until Correct. the middle of March or April. Correct. You know, nobody really even knew he was going to be that big of a piece on the yeah. team. We know about him now, don't we? Oh yeah, we do. He's out there in center field, and he is yeah. loving it. What about media media turnout? You you would think with all the success of the last few years, and I know last year at Media Day, I, I was a little surprised at how much media was there. I'm positively surprised. But what was that like yesterday? I was surprised too. There was a ton of media there. I think at least six or seven or eight outlets, um, which generally isn't the case. Um, you know, there's about. I've said this before on the show. I think the media that Southern Miss fans get for the school is really incredible and, and something that they shouldn't take for granted because there are several media outlets here that do an exceptional job of covering this, the team. And there was even more of that yesterday. There was probably, I would say, six or seven outlets, maybe even eight, um, all just, you know, somebody was even asking just about the Indiana State Series. And he said he was from Terre Haute in Indiana. And I was like, what? Is, I didn't even what? know. Like, why is he right? here? You know? So, right? so it was crazy. Oz didn't want to talk about the Indiana State Series, I'm guessing. He only wanted yeah, to talk think, about the opening day game. Is that right? Yeah, he said something along the lines of he's glad that that's here, but he's worried about the scrimmage tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like him. Hey, Demi, just, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, we, we always enjoy having you on the Eagle Hour. You do a great, great job uh, there on the campus. And uh, I thank you for your time today, my man. Thanks for having me on anytime. All right. We like it. We'll bring you back. Demi Mixon, everybody, from the Student Prince, and a great young student journalist. And uh, really proud to see that. All right. Carly Malden, she's really, she's the secret behind the door. That's who's running things over at Pete Taylor Park. We're going to have her on next. Hey, we're glad you are. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio at Oak Grove this afternoon. Want to remind you about Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest luxury vehicles on the road today. And coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. 
Also, hello to our good friends at Mobay Beignet Company, 2902 Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, and a great place to go this weekend for a really, really good dessert and a warm coffee. It'll all be good. 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the show, and we are happy to have as our guest Carly Malden, Carly Malden Macavicta, who got married just not long ago. Did I get that right, Carly? You got it right. That was perfect. All right. Carly Malden Macavicta. Macavicta. Well, congratulations to you. How, how is married life? Thank you. It's been awesome. Okay. I mean, not much has changed, so that's good, but we're having fun. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear it. All right. So Carly, of course, is the director of baseball operations for Golden Eagle Baseball. Was just uh, visiting with Dima Mixon from the uh, Student Prince. He said yesterday's media day was a big, big success and and lots of media showing up now to uh, cover this uh, nationally prominent baseball program, Carly. Yeah, it was. It was an awesome day. All things went smoothly and um, got good content. And I believe Coach Oz had an awesome press conference, and so we're excited. Was he a little nervous, Carly? I mean, this was his first official press conference in some ways as the new head coach. How do you think Coach Oz is feeling right now? I don't think there's any nerves. He likes having that bullseye on his chest, and um, he's been in front of several people now. So yeah, yeah, he's he's got it. I hear there is a lot of confidence on the baseball team. These guys, and for good reason, but uh, these guys very confident, even though there are a lot of new faces. Yeah, they should be. It'll, you know, it's always. You're always coming into a good program here at Southern Miss, and these guys were recruited for a certain reason, and so they have the ability to continue that success. No question. All right, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming baseball banquet. Last I heard, uh, pretty close to sold out. What what details can you share for people who may not know? Yeah, so our first pitch banquet, we're almost a 700 guest total. Wow. So big numbers there, and, you know, we're excited that – um, to bring it back, uh, it's something that has been done before COVID came around. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think since 2020, this will be the first time we've, we're having it. And two pretty good Major League Baseball players, former Golden Eagles, are going to be there, right? Oh, yeah. Nick Sandlin and Matt Walner will be in attendance. And during the cocktail hour, which is from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, they're going to be signing autographs and taking photos with our guests. Yeah, they they never go far away. I've always noticed that about Southern Miss baseball players. They always they always come back home, Carly. Yes, and we're grateful for that. We yeah. always want them want them around. No, no question about that. I wanted to also talk to you today about the Dugout Club, and uh, uh, if you will, for for again, listeners that may not be totally familiar, you have the Eagle Club, but you have the Dugout Club as well. And how how do those two differ, Carly? So the dugout club um, directly benefits our baseball program. Um, It's been around for over 20 years, and the best way I describe it to people is the money that that they donate, um, it strictly goes back into our program. And so it allows us to compete, you know, with those Power 5 schools. Yeah. How important? is dugout club members. We hear all the time that Eagle Club membership is so vital to the athletic department. I'm sure that it is. But how important in your assessment is the dugout club's health to Southern Miss Baseball's program? Uh, very. I don't think Southern Miss Baseball would be 
the elite status that it is today without it. Yes, and uh, and there are not there are a lot of different levels that people could join. So it does is you can be a very you can be a small donator and still be important. Can you kind of go through the levels for us, please? Oh yeah, correct. Um, every donation impacts our team, so we're grateful for it all. But just the membership card that we have, um, if you donate at the single level, you get a hat or a visor. The double level is a hat and a visor. Triple level is you get all of the above plus a Southern Miss baseball polo. And then home run level is you get all of that, so the polo, hat, and visor plus a Southern Miss baseball pullover. And then our Grand Slam membership, you get pullover, polo, hat, and visor, and then you get um, on-field pregame access. Right. So all levels are equally as important. Is that not fair to say? Yes, they all are. And they how, all help these guys out. And how can how can listeners support the club by joining the dugout club? They can. Um, there's a form online on our website that they can go to, and they can mail in their donation, or they can stop by the office. Um, um, if I'm not in my office, I'm usually on the baseball field. And I'd be happy to get them signed up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Now, you know, when we first talked to you uh, after you got the job, we we pointed out that you're one of one of very few young women in the country uh, with such a job. Which we're we're thrilled to have you here, and kudos to Coach Oz for for finding you. But what what has life been like for you so far as the director of baseball operations? You know, it's been great. I've really enjoyed this position. It allows me to have my hands on a lot of different things that is happening um, with our program. Um, but, you know, it, it, being a female, yes, like I realize that I am one of the few and one of the only females walking around the offices, but, you know, they treat me with the utmost respect and you don't even think about it day, day in, day out. It's just like coming to work and we all are on the same mission and it's been great. Well, I've always found uh, through my business career that uh, that women are the best organized, most diligent, most dependable, uh, and I've kind of gotten word. Smart man. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of gotten word that uh, that Coach Oz sees that in you that you run a pretty tight ship there, Carly. Well, I try. Um, I like to make sure that things are going as they should, and definitely not a procrastinator because that would stress me out too much. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's right. Um, I try to stay on top of things and just make sure that every day everyone knows where they need to be, what they're doing, and what they need to accomplish. And you're in charge now of all the uh, you 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 do all the travel arrangements, correct? The food, the travel, the lodging, everything when they're on the road. They're really really important job. <laughs> that is correct. Yep that that could be a bit stressful, but we're doing it. Yeah. Well, have you just out of curiosity? At this point of the year, is it still, uh, you know, you still got, have you still got travel weekends that have to be worked out, or do you pretty much have everything set in that regard for the season? Yeah, everything is booked and taken care of at this point. Um, so mainly I'm just following up, making sure that they still have us down for the correct dates and that, you know, sending in itineraries and just making sure me and whoever 
is on the other line. We're on the same page. So you just verified what I said, that women are more organized, smarter, <laughs> and more detail-oriented than guys. If you say so. I'm in agreement. <laughs> you're not going to disagree, I've noticed, Carly. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not, we're not far off. Big, exciting season. Lots of really good uh, – Lots of really good baseball going to be played here with Indiana State coming into town and Coastal Carolina. That's two super regional teams from last year. And I think we have Alabama playing here, Ole Miss playing here. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of good uh, Sunbelt Conference teams. Uh, going to be a tremendous season, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. We have a lot of good teams coming into Hattiesburg, and it's going to be great competition on both sides of the ball. All right, last question. Your observation of of the baseball team. I mean, you're you're a standout athlete yourself. So, when you watch these guys work out, what what's your thoughts about the 2024 Golden Eagle baseball team? We have some really exciting faces, new faces, old faces on the team. Um, it, it's been awesome to see them work and see them come together the, over the fall, and now we're heading into the the real season. So. I'm excited. We've got a lot of great athletes, and I'm I'm ready to see them compete against them. All right, final other teams. Final question: Who who's going to step up and take the personality and batting stance left by the great Danny Lynch? <laughs> there is only one Danny Lynch, <laughs> so that that's a tough question. We'll yeah. we'll have to wait and see. We can't replace Danny Lynch, can we? No, but he's he's doing awesome stuff as a GA here. Um, so he's, he's still around. Carly, I appreciate your time very much. I'm very, very happy to have you uh, on the baseball team with the job you have. And uh know you'll do a great job, and we look forward to talking to you again really soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. My pleasure. Carly Malden. Carly Malden. Macavicta. Let me get that correct. I know how to pronounce Kelly Sanders' last name. I think he's on his last day of work release. We're going to talk to him next. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we know that D-Bat sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. It is a great place on a rainy weekend like this to take your children for a little uh, softball, baseball training. they got state-of-the-art cages and uh, all sorts of activity. Uh, Luke Reynolds is the manager there. He's going to be on the Eagle Hour here very soon. And uh, we appreciate all that D-Bat does uh, to support the Eagle Hour and, uh, of course, Southern Miss. Town & Country Cleaners, Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. We're happy to say hello to them. Family-owned and operated since 1983. You can visit them at their convenient location across from USM on Hardy Street. Or you can call them at 601-264-4920. And don't forget about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. It's on Apple, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, 
or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. All right, we're going to do the Eagle Hour version of the famous play Beauty and the Beast. We're going from uh, Carly Malden Makovica to Kelly Santer. I'm going to let the listeners guess who the Beast is. Uh, welcome, sir. I told you not to go to the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that from Beauty and the Beast? Isn't I think that that's right. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure, Kelly. I'm, I'm really not not as artistically inclined as you are. Yeah, I tried to do my best Beast impression there, though. Right. But, uh, well, do your best uh, Patrick Holmes impression, because I hear there's some great quotes about Patrick Holmes from his dad. Yeah, you, you've got you pretty much covered everything today, Bob, going on you know, the eagle, in the Eagle world with uh, the Eagles going to uh, Marshall tomorrow for that big uh, men's game. But yeah, some some interesting quotes. You know, lots of times athletes and people in athletics don't get uh, I don't think get the credit that they deserve for either being smart or having senses of humor. Uh, a couple of really interesting quotes in the last couple of days that we just couldn't help but but bring your way. First of all, courtesy of women's basketball the uh, South Carolina women's basketball coach Don Staley, whose uh, women's team played at, at LSU and several times were met with uh, with uh, thunderous, let's just say, um, uh, voices of disapproval from the LSU uh, fan base. And uh, when Don Staley was asked about it, she said that she didn't look upon it as negative at all. She said they they were calling her their boo. <laughs> no. <laughs> She said to her, that's a term of endearment, being called uh, a boo. I, I think she she misunderstood. But a couple of other, uh, two other quotes. One, well, actually, they're both from uh, the father of Patrick Mahomes, whose son, of course, will be playing in the AFC Championship game at Baltimore on Sunday. When a reporter asked Mr. Mahomes, would you be sitting with Taylor Swift and the Kelseys this weekend, he simply said, quote, God, I hope not. <laughs> I like that quote. <laughs> which, which pretty much sums up, uh, I think the man has had enough drama right. in his life. But then right. when another reporter asked him about the endorsement that Taylor Swift just gave to President Joe Biden in his bid for re-election, Mr. Mahomes said, I'm not surprised most of her songs have been about picking the wrong man. <laughs> That's a great quote right there. That's a great quote right there. <laughs> so uh, yeah. she's made a billion dollars on broke up relationships. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, that one caught me a little off guard too. I thought that was yeah. that was that was pretty funny. So yeah. I don't know if uh, Mr. Mahomes is going to go out on tour as a stand up comic or what, but um, yeah. Uh, you you uh, think that you think they're going to win, don't you? You think that you think the Chiefs are going to beat Baltimore? Yes, I do. Hmm. Uh, and again, I don't know that that they would under normal circumstances. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. You know, but but more and more of you have have kind of pulled me aside and said, you know, with some of the recent happenings in the NFL, I'm beginning to wonder if you're right that maybe there's yeah. not some tomfoolery. Yeah. Or some shenanigans going on in the NFL about well, making sure they get who they want. Um, so you're you're going with the Chiefs and the 49ers. I am. Yeah, that that's who I think will be in the. Well, that'd be a good matchup. I mean, there's in, in the Super Bowl. Well, and, and it would give me a team to cheer for. Brock Purdy being from right. 
from hey, Iowa State. Kelly, um, just a minute left in the show. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to, I want to get right. to this. Uh, uh, the Lady Eagles lost last night, but Joy Lee yeah. McNellis coached her 600th game at Southern Miss. She's won 318 games uh, out of 600 in her career. Just real briefly, your, your thoughts about about the legacy she'll leave and the impact that the coaches had on uh, Southern Miss athletics? Well, I was surprised, honestly, when she left Memphis, when she did, to come back home, because that was a, that was a big-money job uh, in Memphis, and a, a job that really put her in the spotlight. But the fact that she left Memphis, took a pay cut to come to Southern Miss so that she could coach a school that she loves, uh, you know, where her, where her parents were. The, you, you, I think you, everybody's learning, if they didn't know already, about how deeply entrenched the McNellises are about family. Right. You know, that, that fam- yeah, and, and you saw that with Connor yesterday. I mean, yes. the sacrifices that he has made right. in his personal life, you know, to, to help when the family's back is against the wall. So that's what that's what I think people will remember will remember most. And you know, Troy's won now what six women's games in a row. Yeah, they're good. Uh, I mean, there's no. Yeah, question. They, they ran into a buzzsaw last night. Yeah, no question. Uh, so the ladies are at South Alabama tomorrow. The men are at uh, Marshall, right, Kelly? Right, right. That's a big game, big road game. Uh, yeah. You know, Eagles tied for second place in the league and only a half game behind App State is because the team they won't get to play. That's right. All right, good stuff, Kelly. I'll talk to you Monday. Until then, we hope everybody has a happy and safe weekend. We thank you for listening to our program. Till next time, Southern Miss. To the top. See you in the studio Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.